Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome back to Biased with me, Jose Criales Unsueta. Joining us today is Nasia Matza, London-based model and writer. On today's episode, Nasia and I talk about our relationship with fashion, first as expectators and now as part of the industry. We also talk about her career path as both model and writer, fashion as a research tool, and our mutual fascination for TikTok and its subcultures. Hey dolls, what's up? Welcome back to Bias. Today I have an amazing guest. We've been trying to schedule this interview for a little bit. I'm so happy <laughs> we were able to do it. Uh, my new dear friend, Nasia. <gasps> I'm good. I'm so excited that we're doing this. And thank you so Me much, Jose, for your time. Of course. <laughs> thank you for your time. I'm so excited. I'm so happy it's a holiday, both in the UK and in the US, so we can just like do this. Yes. Um, but yeah, tell us a little bit about your background. Like, what do you do? Who are you? Yes. So my name is Nasia Mata. Um, uh, I am an Athens-born, London-based uh, writer. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been writing about culture and tech uh, for publications such as Financial Times, Wired, Vanity Fair, Dazed, um, and I'm also a model. Um, I've, been, I've done campaigns for the likes of Burberry, Prada, Balenciaga, um, uh, and um, editorials for several titles of Vogue, um, Dazed as well, another magazine, and many more. Nice. So I would love to hear a little bit how you got into fashion when you were growing up. Like, what what was the first thing that kind of sparked your interest into fashion? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, uh, sort of like my my mother was a was a creative, so I mm-hmm. grew up. Um, reading loads of magazines. Also, I loved magazines. So since I was young um, in Athens, I was buying international press. And although my English wasn't that good at the time, I was just buying magazines because I found the visuals amazing and the pictures amazing. Um, um, so sort of like I was always interested in fashion, but in a more art sense, in a way of like I wasn't really following the trends or I wasn't really uh, following designers. It was more... It was more sort of like as an outsider, like appreciating and admiring beautiful work. Um, and then I came to London for studies. Um, uh, my undergraduate was on media studies and journalism. So initially I was interested more in the political aspect of uh, journalism. I was always interested in fashion, but again with a bit of distance. Um, and... I think it was London that really sort of like sparked that interest because um, fashion is such a big industry in, in London, like in Athens, it's not as big. And the going and being exposed to London fashion weeks and being exposed to so many subcultures and um, different sort of like music genres and the styles that they go hand in hand with this. Um, and then I was amazed what, with what I was saying. Um, uh, I had... A, my, I had a work experience at the Times on the fashion uh, desk, um, and then I've applied um, for my postgraduate degree, which was a lot of college in London College of Fashion, and it was on fashion journalism. So essentially, it was more about publishing uh, and market research and magazines, which I love. Um, and then one thing led to uh, to another, really. Like in the beginning, I had a more um, I had sort of like a more media aspect to it in the sense of um, after my second master's at London School of Economics, Mm -hmm. um, I worked for for Wired and then for Financial Times. Um, And modeling came on the horizon and um, sort of like my interest for for fashion um, was rebirthed. And that time, instead of... um, studying fashion in a more academic sense. Like at the beginning, I was a spectator, yes? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started going to fashion weeks and observing. Um, then I was more academic through sort of like my master's at uh, London College of Fashion. And later on, when I started modeling, um, it became, I became part of this. Like I'm sort of like one of those, yeah, one of these other creatives now who are actually sort of like practicing fashion. I'm not just mm-hmm. a spectator anymore. Um, so yeah, that's the short answer. <laughs> I absolutely love that answer because I relate to a lot of it mm-hmm. in many different ways. Like when I was growing up in Bolivia, like same thing. Exactly. Fashion wasn't a huge thing. Right? Exactly. Like, it wasn't, not a big industry. People mm-hmm. are not consistently talking about it. People are not consistently mm-hmm. talking about trends or what they're wearing the brands etc we don't have a lot of those like we don't have any like brand store names like back home you know it's not a thing that much 
so I grew up again admiring fashion from a distance, right? Yes. Like the magazines I could get my hands on, like eventually blogs, eventually like celebrities, like Lady Gaga was you exactly know, like, my introduction to a lot of these kind to of like, high fashion essentially and old couture, yeah. Yeah, and eventually, like over time, I think I left Bolivia to go to move to Georgia in the U.S. Mm. To, to to Savannah to study film or. <gasps> I was going to study film. Um, I love like documentaries. I love that kind of like world. And then over time, I was like, when I was already there, I, I always had, again, this love for mm. fashion from afar. Exactly. And as a creative, like, you know, everything which exactly. is like beautiful it's to the, exactly. Yes. Um, and then when I was there, I was like, no, like, this is what I want. Because I was seeing like all these other students starting to create their work. And I was seeing like, I, w- I was, I guess, more exposed to it. Like, exactly. Yes. And then, yeah. And, when I was a student again like I started kind of like understanding more of it and now like three years after graduating I'm like so far in and I'm like it's so strange to again have been that process of like admiring from afar exactly studying it and like tr- understanding it in different ways researching it etc yes. and now and now you're part of it and that, of yes it. Exactly. now you, you're a practitioner <laughs> like now you're exercising exactly. it which is amazing it's such a like I, I love the process that I love I, I fully relate to what you just said. Yes. Um, but on that note, I would love to hear a little bit about your personal relationship with fashion, right? Mm-hmm. So like especially now that like you've had this growing relationship in your career mm-hmm. um, through both writing and modeling, like now that you work inside the industry, what's what's your personal relationship with fashion? Yeah. The things that you wear, etc. Yes. Um, so sort of like uh, within regards to things that I wear, well, I guess having the academic background gave me sort of like aspect of what I communicate uh, through clothes and what I communicate through um, my work as well as a model. So again, sort of like we we both mentioned that now we are practitioners, but in the same time we always go back and sort of like in the academic way of thinking. And um, because sort of like the sort of like the, my treaty of loves of loves is um, politics, um, fashion and music. And music goes hand in hand uh, with fashion. And essentially what you wear communicates a certain type of um, of sort of like what genre are you listening to or where you sort of like where you're socializing or to which clubs you're going to etc um so sort of like for me um now sort of like i support again sort of like using this more um journalistic sense when it comes to to clothes um i support independent designers as much as i can um again sort of um london is such an interesting fashion capital because it's all about the new like london loves the new loves innovation loves sort of like new blood and just pushing people and it's great because we have so many great minds it's not just french and you know sort of like um Paris and Milan are more about tradition and craftsmanship, mm-hmm. but sort of like London is about ideas. And, you know, maybe the craftsmanship is not there, it's not as sort of like as to sort of like a certain extent as sort of like at the classic traditional houses of, um, of Italy and Paris. Um, uh, but ideas are there and um, sort of like London is like striving for new and just trying to find sort of like the new subcultures and just merge and make something um, amazing. I love that. I, I I always find kind of that the the different nuances between all like the fashion cities mm. or the fashion parts, um, the fashion weeks in between like yes. London, New York, Paris and Milan. Because New York has been, I think, different than I anticipated. I think when I moved here I was like, Oh, this is definitely like you know, New York has that reputation of being very commercial. Yes. Um, so I was like, Oh, it's definitely gonna be there. And I think for sure there's like a there's a lot of that. I mean, the brands that dominate kind of like the discourse mm-hmm. that are the larger brands mm-hmm. always are tend to be the more commercial. Yeah, brands. yeah, yeah. Obviously, but yeah. I found like a lot of there's such a there's such a push for emerging designers as well now as of late, and it's been so exciting yes, to see this... that sort of thing. By that you say like of pushing ideas mm. of like figuring things out. Like the craftsmanship may not be like the best yes, because but it's not about that exactly you know, about exactly what you, what you can communicate exactly and um i've started seeing more yes yeah, sort of like you're right because my understanding of new york as a fashion capital in the beginning it was sort of like more commercial and more money in a way of like you know you have those movies of like 80s 90s that are mm-hmm. you know new york is like really strong as a fashion capital and but i've been seeing the past few years that new york looks similar to London in a good way rather than you know Paris and Milan 
Yeah. So like I said, it's quite interesting I mean, to say yeah. where it's going. And now we all, we're more interested in ideas rather than the actual physical aspect of a piece of clothing. Exactly. It's super interesting to see that. And mm. I, I, I'm glad I'm not like insane or like making this <laughs> in my head like you see it too. Because sometimes it happens, listen. Sometimes yeah. I, I make a lot of things in my head. <laughs> but it's part um, of the fun, yeah. Exactly. It's part of the fun. I mean, that's the whole point of fashion mm-hmm. as well. Just to like, you know, experience it in your own way. Um, but on that note as well, like, I think that's a good segue to the next question. Um, you have a wide variety of interests, right? Like you said, you like, um, are you like music? You like mm-hmm. so many, you like politics. And you also, as you said, you have the two master's degrees. You're like, you have a lot of very diverse education as mm-hmm. well, which is really admirable. Um, and I would love to, to, to hear about how all of that kind of like merges into fashion or like. Mm-hmm. I can't, like maybe how fashion becomes a melting pot where all of these kind of interests mm-hmm. meet for you to now basically have a like have your career and all these different aspects within the fashion industry how, how does that work yes um i think sort of like you know times have changed in the sense of like you know our parents were like oh i'm going to study law and i'm going to be a lawyer and mm-hmm. i'm going to retire and that's it you know end of story or yeah. I'm going to be sort of let's study medicine and be a doctor and you know all of these things um i feel that sort of like our generation is a bit different like it's no longer just doing one thing and i think sort of like this is what technology has given us in a way that there's no need to specialize on something because mm-hmm. everything is like interconnected and you can use different aspects of its industry to create something new um so i feel that we're going back in a way of like the era of like the polymath. So if you see sort of um, sort of like the most the most successful people now are the ones who are polymaths, are the ones who can do more than one thing and they can do it quite well. Or even even if you're not a polymath, like I think sort of like the way that we work has changed. So you know, from twenty to thirty, I can have one job, and then I can completely change. And from thirty to forty, I can have a different job, and that doesn't mean that I'm not going to be successful. Yes, mm-hmm. and you know, and it goes on. You know, forty to fifty, fifty to sixteen. You know, etc. Um, so I feel like again, sort of like in a cultural perspective as well, like people, like you know, humanity, like the people who sort of like sort of like um, are, are successful are the ones who adapt to what the times need and want Absolutely. like for instance um i feel that you know you can have a long career in fashion if you're insensitive or if you don't understand sort of like basic politics or if you're racist like it just won't mm-hmm. happen um although yeah sort of like there are like so many flaws with the system and yes yes okay but sort of like if you want like a long career and a successful career you can't just longer uh, just design a really good bag and that's it you have to have more than that yeah, yeah exactly it's like where is your concept um who are you communicated uh, communicating what you're doing um uh, how are you doing this is like the process is um which which is your market who's your consumer there's like so many questions that i feel that you know if you're just a good designer or a good journalist or a good model you won't be able to answer so I think it's just a matter of like really survival, to be fair. You have to adapt. So you have, you know, we have to progress as a society. And I find this Absolutely. is a positive thing. I love that. I, and I, I really see it the same way. Mm-hmm. I think something that you said that I absolutely love that I want to fix it in is that sort of like if you want longevity within the industry, mm-hmm. within fashion in general, like you really need to adapt. And exactly. I think the main reason why is because fashion is really a cultural tool right like yes. it's, it's really about understanding the zeitgeist like the best designers the best editors the best models mm-hmm. are always people that are that understand their society and their community exactly the best, right? exactly you're not an outsider you have to you consider yourself a part of the community but you are able to step a step back enough to understand what people are doing right what people want to wear if you're a designer Absolutely. what people want to look at if you're an editor what people want to read if you're a writer the way people want to look um, a clothes the way people want to interact with clothes if you're a model right? yes. like you need to understand a little yes because stuff. you have to be relevant no exactly you can't just exactly. sit back exactly. yeah and sort of like you know some the traditionalist way of thinking is like oh yeah sort of like magazines need to be sort of like need to dictate fashion and all of that but this is not happening anymore and we <laughs> have accepted it no so you can't just go back sit back and be like oh yeah 
I like this, I don't like this. No, it has changed. Like you have to mm-hmm. interact with your audience. Like you can't just do whatever you want anymore. Exactly. In a good and way. I and I think it's good, no? Yeah, no, I think it's amazing. And I think that's, it's really like probably the mark of our generation mm-hmm. in terms of like where fashion is going. I think a lot of people are like, you know, over the last year, especially, there's been a lot of conversations of like, what is fashion now? Or like, mm. where's fashion going right now? And I think it's pretty clear where it's gone, right? It's an, an, an entire new era of, as you say, like before it was the same couple of people running the same magazines, like saying, this is in, this is out, this is what you want to look at. And this is everything you have access to. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And you're and kind then, of in there to dream that something outside, exactly. unless and you have loads of like, money. Exactly. And for them, it was like, these are the designers we want to show you. So these are the only ones you're looking at, mm-hmm. right? Versus now, it doesn't work like that. Exactly. Now it's like you can go into Instagram and then you can discover millions of things. You can go into TikTok and discover another exactly. like of brands, et cetera. Exactly. Right? Like I was talking and I feel that, you know, in some ways, like obviously, if so, like you, you haven't lost anyone due to COVID and you haven't lost your house or your job, I feel that, you know, on if so, like, you know, you take those things outside and, you know, you have a relative privilege, like, COVID has been good because we took all sort of like this dirt out and we're actually focusing on sort of like what matters. And what you said about TikTok is quite interesting because I was talking with a friend um, and you remember when I mentioned that I really like subcultures and again, I like going to different places and seeing how people dress because this is my main inspiration. Like this is where I take my inspiration from like going out. Um, For me this year was TikTok it was amazing because you were going to like different patches of TikTok and it was literally like going to a bar and seeing, you know, the cool girls, the goth girls, the, you know, mm-hmm. the cottagecore girls, like all sort of like those sort of like subcultures. And it's crazy that we still have this, um, this sort of like need to um, sort of like dress and to sort of like yeah. communicate our culture, even though there's no need to dress. Um, so yeah, it has been interesting. It has been very interesting, and I think sort of like also it has boosted like creative minds. Like you know, before maybe we were seeing like you know a progress of like twenty percent. Now we're seeing a progress of like eighty percent because really we're pushing, like mm-hmm. we're pushing hard. Like I was saying to another friend, sort of like what happened with me in the Balenciaga. I'm, usually fashion weeks, you just walk into a show. Yeah, the clothes. Or are nice, yeah, different brands, whatever. But, you know, you're just walking to a show in a venue, that's it, with people, yeah. And then yeah. they go and, yeah. Uh, so, like, Balenciaga turned its models to video game avatars. So it's crazy. It's crazy how how we're using sort of, like, obstacles and how creative minds are going beyond that and, are, and they're finding mm-hmm. ways. Like, remember, it was, like, you know remember like the zoom photo shoots and in the beginning we're like wow and that's sort of like zoom photo shoots are happening and then but you add sort of like cgi and you add um sort of like so many layers and then it doesn't look longer as a zoom photo shoot it looks like a proper exactly. photo shoot so that's that's something that i find so interesting again mm-hmm. of this era of fashion because mm-hmm. it's that, that adaptability is one thing mm-hmm. and i think the second thing is like a lot of brands are figuring out what's best for them right mm-hmm. again as you say before it was like the fashion show yeah. everything's always a show yeah. walk down in a line etc mm-hmm. but in my opinion that doesn't work the best for all brands like not all brands are created the same way exactly. and have the same kind of like buzz or product mm-hmm. that requires a fashion show right a lot of them benefit from different things and i think Balenciaga is such a great example like their fashion shows are always fun they're always interesting yeah. to look at but to see what versions of that they can they can do in their own like taking advantage of not being able to show like the video game for example for me was one of the like the best kind of examples of exactly. people showing um, what can be outside, done like, outside of a runway exactly of what can be done like Listen, I remember the morning that came out, I was, I needed to get tested because I was, I was about to fly home. So yes. I needed to get my test. And I was standing in line mm-hmm. to get tested for like an hour. Yeah. I was in the middle of the winter and I was like playing. You know? Yes, was exactly. Like, and it was crazy, wasn't it? I was, exactly. I was like, I haven't been so entertained in quite a bit, right? Like, yes. And this is what fashion is. Like, yes exactly. this is what fashion is it just stimulates your your eyes and stimulates um your brain and sort of like it's challenging you and i remember sort of like i was um we were actually shooting 
sort of like shooting the video game. I don't know what's the right word here. But anyway, we were creating the video game, but sort of like no one really knew what was happening. Like I knew that the concept is like video games, mm-hmm. but I was, and I remember like I was at the day of the shoot and I've asked someone who works for Balenciaga, I was like, what are we doing? Because, you know, so sort of like what we were doing wasn't really normal or traditional mm-hmm. because, you know, we're like in a room, we were in a green room and we were like walking up and down and we're like, you know, in one of those rooms that are like, you know, Matrix style, which is like, you know, mm-hmm. 360 of like 1000 cameras and you have to do your pose. And it was like, this is more than a show. Like what's happening here? And I remember sort of like the woman who was working uh, for Balenciaga, she said, uh, don't say this to anyone, but we're turning you into avatars and Balenciaga is making a video game. And I was like, oh, it's so what do you mean? How? And sort of like, yeah, it's going to be out in one month. And I was mind blown. Like even when I was sort of like when it came out, I couldn't believe that, you know, how they came up with the idea now it feels yeah. kind of normal it's like oh yeah they created like a video game but right no, <laughs> exactly no it's yes exactly but it's beyond and you know we had like so many amazing like you know remember like earlier zoom photo shoots like you know mm-hmm. before it was like what really then we, now we're like in the stage where it's like oh yeah just another zoom photo shoot this video you know Ugh. exactly but it's Not crazy for it. exactly but it's crazy how much we have you know progressed and yeah, and I think that's also very interesting because there's been, it's a sort of weird natural selection, right? Mm-hmm. Like, as you say, like adaptability, longevity, like a lot of brands that have been able to fully adapt have yeah. been really successful. And there's a lot of brands that haven't been able to adapt yeah. and are still kind of like struggling to see what they show. Like, is it just a random lookbook? Mm. What's the buzz about it? Like, what's the story? Exactly. So like a lot of brands are still trying to figure exactly. it out. Exactly. And the market and is all oversaturated. And in a way, exactly. I don't know, sort of like, I try with like every photo shoot that I do or every article that I write, I'm like, okay, what's adding to the story? Like, mm-hmm. if I don't have to say something new, then do I need to do this? Does it add anything? Like, you know, is this how we move? Like, you know, but just doing the same dress again and again or the same shoot again and again or, you know, the same article again and again? So It's not you. Exactly. I see it the same way. Like, I, especially, like, I I, I, I discuss fashion a lot on Instagram, Mm -hmm. of course. Over, over the last couple of months, like, I think be, when I first started doing that, a lot of it was, like, I wanted to talk about everything, right? Yes. Like, I wanted to, like, be on it and just, like, everything. I had an opinion about mm-hmm. everything, right? And over time, I realized that I really don't have an opinion on everything. And it's fine. Know? Exactly. And exactly. And that's the <laughs> it's fine. And, like, it's fine to not have anything to say. Exactly. And it's even better to not say anything when you don't have anything to exactly that sort of like realization for me was really healthy Mm because i was trying to be on top of everything and i was like i'm talking about things that i don't care about yes you know and what 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 does that say about me versus now like i talk about the things that i care about and when it adds to the conversation if it doesn't add to the conversation then there's no need exactly and now it's like what has changed you know in terms of like we're exposed to so many information yeah like before mm-hmm. sort of like you didn't have that much information so now sort of like it has changed to what are the questions that you are uh making so sort of like can you sort of like make the right questions and sort of like if you see it from like marketing terms as well like you know we're talking about you know the new marketing term is about curators and taste makers but this is true like you know we naturally shift and we go towards people with sort of like they just give us they're almost like the gatekeepers in a way. Um, mm-hmm. And so like they gives us like information which is uh, more filtered rather than everything because we have access to everything, don't we? Like we don't really need exactly. that anymore. What we need is like the right questions and the right information. Period. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's actually a really good segue for my next question. Mm-hmm. I my, my relationship with fashion is... is I want to say pretty academic in terms of like I love researching. Oh, it's the and best. I love researching through fashion, exactly. Yes. So fun. And I that this kind of developed when I was uh, at university, like mm-hmm. understanding and studying fashion, of course, the making of clothes, etc. So I was always what anyone would call a huge nerd. Like I love academia, I love reading, oh. um, and that's kind of where my relationship with fashion grew. Mm-hmm. Right, like I I started using fashion as a sort of research tool, mm. really. Of, to understand people, to understand like culture, to understand what people are doing, right? And I think what you said earlier about music is really interesting because 
it's really about that, right? There's mm-hmm. designers that like were born through that through those scenes as yes, well, right? Yes. Even Boros was born through like the disco stuff oh. like that. And I think the same thing with subcultures, right? Where we're talking about TikTok, mm. like whether you are in the city and you're in New York and you go to Soho and you see specific people, you go to the Lower East Side, you see specific people, you go to Brooklyn, et cetera, et cetera. Um, or you're on TikTok just scrolling yes. down and you're an e-girl and the e-boys, you see like all these things. For me, I understand all that through understanding their fashion. Exactly. And I would love to hear kind of like your perspective on this. Like, do you see fashion in a similar way? Like, is fashion a research tool for you? What kind of tool mm. is fashion for you? How yes. does fashion work for you? So, so like I was saying it like that when um, I was in academia and when I was a writer. So sort of like now, the way that I understand fashion is, um, and sort of like it's through my modeling, yeah? Um, so sort of like the way that I understand it is that I'm being used as a canvas in order to create visuals, in order to create stories. Um, so sort of like for me, because it's like a very sort of like personal and bit sort of like sensitive relationship, because I sort of like, as you know, like, you know, people who are into fashion, they have like a really, um, st- not strict, but they know their style and they know their image yeah. and it's well curated. And if someone changes it, we we're not having it we don't really like it do we so it was like a very sort of like big challenge for me also because modeling started quite late um sort of like well for like model um sort of like years um it's like dog years isn't it (laughs) model years and dog years um uh, but sort of like i started modeling when i was 27 um Mm -hmm. so by then you have formed your style and your personality and what you're communicating for your um uh, clothing so this was a main challenge for me to be able to sort of like by using my face um well sort of like i feel that there are like two types of models either you are sort of like you not you don't have style but you know you are always changing so you don't have a specific uh, style because you know you have to sort of like show the different styles and the different personalities and the different um for the different brands and photo shoots so either you have like a very sort of like no not a statement style let's say, like something really yeah. simple and basic without sort of like saying basic as a bad word. Or you have to have like a really strong personality in order for whatever you're going, whatever sort of like a team is going to ask you to wear, that you're still you. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I just need to choose. And sort of like I'm trying to go towards the strong personality, um, uh, essentially. So sort of like I'm saying it in a way of like, you know, whatever you're going to put me, I'm going to represent it in my way. I'm not just a human hanger. Um, so this is what fashion is for me. Fashion, and I always see it in relations sort of like now because, you know, I'm part of it in such sort of like... Um, um, uh, in, in such sort of like in such fashion, um, uh, that yeah, I my face is being used as a canvas in order to create visuals. Mm-hmm. So this is my relationship with fashion. I love that, mm-hmm. and I w- one of the things that you mentioned is one of one of the questions that I had mm-hmm. that I find so interesting, kind of like the evolution of the quote unquote model look mm. over over like since we were kids and the magazines we were looking at absolutely when we were looking at, right over time because i think i mean there's always been as you say like the really strong like personality models that sort of always look the same and not in a negative way but they always them yes exactly exactly so you have like when you have naomi campbell for example naomi is always naomi exactly exactly that's kind of like the the appeal of her Mm -hmm. right but versus even in her same model group for example linda evangelist like they used to call her the chameleon right yes the the hair would always change yes. and she would always look different and i find that so interesting because it's i think that that kind of has morphed and evolved over the last couple of years to now exactly. to where you have these girls that are kind of like the sort of blank canvas exactly that you can turn into re- literally any any look mm. that the brand wants or like the the editor or like whoever and then you have the sort of more personality models right? exactly like, and I think that's been so interesting over the last couple of years to really see people like um, Alessandra Gucci mm. or like Alessandra to really opt for... For the personality. personality. Exactly, I, for personality. Exactly. And like that uniqueness of the look is 
only a part of it. Exactly. You know, it's really about like the 360. And, I, think, I love that. And I feel that it goes back to what we were saying earlier about New York and London, that now we're talking mm-hmm. about ideas. And it also goes back to the fact that sort of like society has changed. And it's not just, oh, you're a good model. You're just not one thing. Like you have to have more. Exactly. There's layers to Exactly. You. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I love that. I think that's kind of like the something... When I was like, um, I read a bunch of interviews that you did, et cetera, to like prep for like some questions. <laughs> thank and I was you. like, I love this person. Oh, like, this thank you. Great. And I relate to so many of the things that you do, especially to that sort of like, you don't have to conform into like, you study one thing, you do one thing, right? Mm. There's there's an endless amount of opportunities, um, especially digitally now. Exactly. In our generation. There's so many things that you can do outside of like the main career path. And that's, that's what for me, fashion is so exciting in that sense because within fashion, I've been able to find like th- those sort of different veins of the things that I like, right? Whether it's writing, whether it's designing, whether it's these conversations, mm-hmm. where I'm like, this is fun, right? Yes, I, yes. I that you sort of like do the same thing. But now, like talking a little bit more about your modeling, like mm-hmm. you say you started when you were 27. Like how did that happen? How did you start modeling? <gasps> yes. How do you, like how, 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 what's that story? Yes. So um, I finished my two masters. Essentially, like I want to have a master of similar college of fashion. So I have mm-hmm. good aesthetics and sort of like practice my aesthetics and elevate them. Uh, but also I want to have, um, I want to know the rules of the game. So yeah. that's why I want to have a second master's uh, from London School of Economics. And also I didn't, um, and that master was in media and, uh, and governance. Um, and essentially I didn't want to, to do a PhD on media because I feel that, you know, it's just changing. So, so like by the time I had finished my PhD, it wouldn't be relevant, essentially. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, I just want to do sort of like two degrees that they will complement each other. Um, um, and then I, I started working for, for Wired. Um, and I feel like, you know, I feel we have like kind of same sort of like mentality, like after sort of like being in academia for so many years and exercising my brain and trying to find new things and challenging myself and everything that I knew and my ideologies and everything, then suddenly going to a nine to five was exhausting. Yeah. I, um, I was feeling that sort of like, well, being at sort of like, um, sort of like working like amazing places as as wide and financial times and Vogue, like obviously, like you have, you interacting with like amazing people and amazing ideas. But mm-hmm. in the same time, that format pre-COVID, the pre-COVID um, sort of like format, I don't know, I just found it like really daunting. Like I felt that, you know, every time, every day I was finishing work, I felt that I was older. Like every day I was passing by, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> it really yes, yeah. exactly. And um, sort of like, and I think like I found my escape through nightlife, sort of like the ni- nightlife of London. Mm-hmm. And I think because I became part of that, became part of the scene and the London scene, um, uh, then sort of like publications and photographers wanted me not to be you know, not to work for sort of like for publications as sort of like in the backstage or, you know, in the business side of the magazine and, you know, all those things, but to sort of like be the face of that scene, being one of the fa- one of those faces of the London scene or the non- yeah. London uh, night culture. Um, and then sort of like one thing led to another and it was like the first photo shoot and then it was like a snowball method. I figured out that I really liked it. In the beginning, it was a bit stressed because, yeah, because, yeah. It's just, you know, suddenly being like in front of the camera is a bit intense in terms of like, how do I look? What do I do? Like, what's happening? Like, it's quite stressful. Um, But then I said to myself, like, you know, best case scenario, I have a good picture of myself. And worst case scenario, I have a good picture of myself and we'll move on. And it's just an experience. Um, But I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And still, I love it. Like, sometimes I can't believe that it's happening. Um, And it's great. because you you surround yourself with creative people, like you all have a goal, like a common interest. Like sometimes I don't really like the office politics of like you know the backstabbing and all that. And, you mm-hmm. know, just we don't really need that. It's tiring for I yeah. think it's tiring for everyone. Um, but sort of like I really like in photo shoots that everyone has a really a clear common aim that we have to be the absolute best. And it's not mm-hmm. it's a collaboration. It's not about 
sort of like downgrading someone's work or push them away or whatever. It's actually we are working as a team. And it's quite interesting because, you know, sometimes you work with those teams only for one day. And how do you manage to yeah. do that within sort of like an hour, essentially, and work as a whole? Um, so, yeah, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> no, the question was just how you started modeling. Yeah, so, yeah, so this is how I started modeling. And um, so, like, for the first lockdown, I was working at Vogue, uh, Vogue Global Network. Essentially, it's like mm-hmm. the, uh, well, it's what it says on the name. Uh, essentially, it's like the, the team that directs all 27 titles of uh, Vogue. And I was working in the social media aspect of it. Um and I was quite lucky because the first lockdown we weren't allowed to to do any modeling. Um, and um, I got signed with uh, Wilhelmina Agency in July. Um, and since September, um, essentially, I've been doing modeling uh, full time. And yeah. I've been yes, I've been saying sort of like you know to friends and you know to sort of like colleagues as well. We've been quite lucky because like fashion people were almost like invisible during this lockdown. Like we're mm-hmm. still doing. We still continue doing it or doing our work, obviously with lots of tests and lots of regulations. But at least we're still able to to see new faces and create amazing things. So I think it helped all of us mentally. Nice, I, I fully agree. That's so wonderful. I love that little story. Um, I think something I do. I you you mentioned this kind of like you become kind of like the face, mm. right? Like of the images. And I find that really interesting. And I think whenever um, I speak to like my friends that are models, mm-hmm. whenever I speak to, um, or whenever I really look or meet a model or like mm-hmm. something that I've always been fascinated by, by the idea of a model is that like, you tend to become the face of a brand, mm-hmm. right? Like whether it's officially like an ambassador quote yeah. unquote, or unofficially, like you're just in the lookbook or mm-hmm. you're part of the team, et cetera. That tends to happen, right? Because mm-hmm. maybe for us, like in, in the inside, we have an, an understanding of, Hard works. Well, yeah, it's yeah. a job, yeah. right? But on the outside, like the customer, really, really only gets the image, mm. right? Like that's the thing. Like customers only get like the product and the image. Yeah, that goes that's with it. And that's a story for them, right? Um, so being a part of the basically the customer facing imagery that like people have access to that people see, etc. I think models always end up being associated with the brands they work with, mm-hmm. right? Like you, especially what we're talking about like personality models that are so known like by the very by the look of the personality that they bring in do you do you take do you see this the same way like do you think actually like models are actually related to the brands associated by the public to the brands or do you think it's it doesn't happen as much anymore um i think yes and no in a way of um sort of like well from like a personal perspective, like I'm quite lucky that I actually work for the brands that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, so sort of like ethically, I don't work for, well, sort so of like, well, ethically and also sort of like visually as well. So sort of like I don't work, I haven't worked for any fast fashion brands. Uh, mm-hmm. But in the same time, I don't judge anyone because you have to pay the rent. And, you know, who knows? Exactly, exactly. exactly. And, you know, maybe sort of like next year, I don't exactly, like, you know, you don't know with fashion what happens. So sort of like, you know, maybe mm-hmm. from next year onwards or maybe from next week onwards, I will have to do fast fashion uh, brands. And, I don't have the authority to change the system at the moment. I'm not that strong. So sort of like in the end of the day, I'm not judging anyone for wearing or sort of like buying or working for for these brands and with these brands. Um, But sort of like from a personal perspective, I'm really lucky that with the brands that I like, um, um, I, I can work for and I'm, I'm actually honored that, you know, they like me and they work with yeah. me as well. Um and again, it's what we said earlier, that um, if I was modeling in Athens, my portfolio would have looked different because it's a smaller mm-hmm. industry and it's just a matter of, you know, economics as well. Like, you know, yeah. now that I'm in London, I have the flexibility to work with amazing brands and more high fashion brands. Um, but again, I believe it's what you want as well and where you want to go. So it's like, that's why I said this 50-50. So sort mm-hmm. of like, you know, sometimes you go your career, like obviously, you know, sometimes, you know, life brings you to sort of like different paths and whatever, and you have to do whatever you have to do in order to survive. But in the same time, my general sort of like um, aim is towards those brands. So I feel that it's like natural to to go towards um, that route. So sort of like, 
to sort of like a, to synopsize this, like um, there's no sort of like you know no there's no sort of I'm not judging anyone or anything, um, and it's not a bad thing. But um, in the same time, I feel that you know if you try and work towards um, a goal, like you know you will naturally yeah. go towards that. I love that. I, I I look at that sort of organic mm-hmm. growth into again the brands that you like, etc. I think that's wonderful. And I, I something that I really want to like emphasize mm-hmm. is what you just said about like we don't judge because we all have to pay rent. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to judge someone who's like in power because exactly. because then you have the authority and you have the flexibility to actually choose a good brand or an ethical mm-hmm. brand or sort of like work with actually nice people not work with predators because then you have the authority okay and the power so and you know sometimes like obviously i'm not sort of like that big in the industry but you know i'm aware of my privilege as well Mm -hmm. and i'm quite happy that i can get to work with um the people that i work for and i can say no if someone's being you know insensitive exactly (laughs) yeah let's put it politely (laughs) um so yeah i'm i'm sort of like i'm aware of my privilege but in the same time yeah we're sort of like we're all starting so i think that's really so important i was talking about this yesterday with a good friend of mine who's Mm -hmm. a stylist and we were just talking about this right it's like when when it comes to this level of industry a lot Mm -hmm. of us that are starting out a lot Mm -hmm. of us that are or that have been around for like yeah a couple of years but are still really like doing all the work mm. right like we're still kind of like the sort of like the bottom of the pyramid all of our counterparts we really can't judge and i think people jump to those conclusions really quickly right people like to say like oh what are you doing that or what what are those choices etc mm. and the bottom line is economics really exactly right? yeah like, we have to pay the rent we 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 are working like in the end fashion it's an industry wonderful and it's artistic but it's an industry exactly exactly and there's this I'll, I'll send this video to you later mm-hmm. but in the Dries documentary mm-hmm. um Pamela Goblin who's she used to be um I think the curator of, of uh, a museum in France and she's just a, a fashion historian a writer mm-hmm. and she says something really interesting because they asked her like is fashion art for you and she says well fashion is artistic mm-hmm. but it's an industry exactly right? and, like, at the bottom line and she was talking about Dries. So she mm-hmm. says, like, Dries knows that he has to sell collections in order to keep going. So, yes, fashion is an, is an industry that is artistic because it, it, it involves a lot of sophisticated mm-hmm. techniques and a lot of, like, very artistic yes. um, things. Like, couture is incredibly artistic. Exactly. Right? Modeling, even writing, all these things are very mm-hmm. artistic and they, they, they need an artistic brain in order to thrive and evolve. But it's an industry. The bottom line is that it takes exactly. money. Exactly. And you need to make money as exactly. well. And right? I, so we can't judge. Exactly. And I think it's about sort of like the balance as well, because, you know, sort of like ideally everyone wants to do haute couture, um, mm-hmm. but um, then sort of like, they're like, okay, sort of like we can't sell like, you know, sort of like 100,000 pieces of like, you know, one haute couture dress, but, you know, yeah. you can do it and you can use it as branding. So I think the same goes to individuals as well. Like you can't sort of like, be an artist 100% because the system it doesn't work like that exactly yeah. but in the same time you can do things sort of like on the side also sort of like things sort of like you know through your work that can add this sort of like artistry to to your work so it's exactly. a balance and it's a balance it really is a balance and I think that's also something very important right like we all kind of have like our, our goal set in this in, in the moon right in the mm. stars right? we want to like ideally we're all doing this very specific big thing right and that's where we're working to but along the way we you you take the job that you can get until you have like kind of like the privilege and the power to be more selective exactly and maybe sort of like i think it's also good because remember what we said earlier that you know back in the day um sort of Mm -hmm. like it was about oh this is what i want this is what um it will go sort of like on the show uh this is what will sell this is what will go on the cover of vogue but sort of like now you also let the audience decide in a way of like is this going to work? Are you just maybe too self-centered or maybe mm-hmm. what you're creating is really egocentric? Are you actually making this for yourself or you're making this for, for the art, for the fashion and whatever? So I feel that now we have like a bit of a healthier, we're still not there, but we have like a healthier sort of like conversation between the makers and um, the audience as well. I fully agree. And I think it goes. this goes back to what you were saying at the beginning in terms of longevity, right? Mm. Really understanding kind of 
fashion and under and, and adapting mm-hmm. because now like as you see there's designers that really there's designers models editors there's people in the industry that are so good at kind of reading the public and mm. understanding kind of what people need or want or are looking mm-hmm. for right and that makes probably the most um quote-unquote successful people mm-hmm. right i use the word success really yeah 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 <laughs> carefully right? yes but um, it's interesting because, for example, you have Telfar, right? Mm. Telfar is a person that is so connected with his community. Yes. That he understands what, the, what his community is looking for. Exactly. And he understands how to talk to it, right? Exactly. And I think that's that's a great example of, like, again, that balance of, like, people know what now know what they want. They have so many options mm-hmm. when they look at fashion, when they shop, that they're able to say, I don't like that. I don't look good in that. I want this. Yes. Right? Yes. And that's really what's wonderful and what has been really interesting to really also see brands and editors like really f- jump into that niche. Exactly. Like into those specific niche markets, right? Not everyone needs to do the same things. And exactly. that's so amazing. Exactly. And, you know, so like talk about ethics and, you know, I think that has been, <laughs> it's a wonderful example of, you know, it works. And, yeah, you know, you exactly don't need works. to hear sort of like, a, you don't need to follow the system. Like, you know, you just need to hear the audience and your audience and know your audience really well. And there you have it. And we talk yeah. about ideas. Exactly. Love that. <laughs> My next question would yes. be, and this is something that I've had in mind for a little bit and I've mm-hmm. been discussing with some friends. Like, we've been all, like, I think I've been trying to figure out what kind of like the challenges are for me as a designer right mm-hmm. now, for example, or for me as a writer, what are the challenges for you both as a writer and a model, like right now in the industry, what do you consider those, like what are the largest challenges that you have mm-hmm. in the industry at large, like maybe past kind of like the, the, the situation of the pandemic, maybe past kind of like what's happening today versus at large. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like this question because no one has asked me this before and I think I haven't mm-hmm. asked myself this before. Um, what are the challenges? Um, well, sort of like obviously when you, you know, you're like on a certain sort of like level that you, per- you surpass sort of like the financial aspect and you can actually survive from your craft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is like one sort of like level for all sort of like artists. But sort of like on a second stage, I would say longevity um in terms of like because there's so many trends so many people how do you stay um relevant but then again if you know your craft if you study and if you i think the moment you lose it the moment you say that oh i'm great like you know as soon as you say i'm great i don't need to do extra work like you know Mm -hmm. i'm there i'm better than you you've lost it like you're not relevant anymore and you know i however strong you are, however many connections you may have, like it's just a matter of time that you're going to sort of like, you know, your career is like ending. Um, so um, I think sort of like, this it just keeps going. So sort of like, I don't really see this challenges in a negative way. I see it in a way of, because sort of like I'm passed through the stage of like I'm doing what I love so it's just a matter of keep going but then I love it so I know that I'm going to keep going like regardless of yeah. the situations even like you know and being sort of like in situations like why I'm doing this or am I ever going to be successful again or am I going to book a job again or am I going mm-hmm. to write for a big publication again it's like ups and downs but um I think we're like we're both people that we know what we like so sort of like the there's no there's no challenges I feel at the moment and uh, yeah sort of like with the digital and sort of like with talking with people like you know who like on your same sort of like level and wavelength it just you just keep going you just keep going yeah. I find that really interesting because every person that I've spoken to has the same kind of outlook oh really, really yeah um, like I've, I've spoken to friends that are stylists mm. friends that are models friends that are designers writers editors etc like just people in the industry and like every time I ask myself this question or I ask them the same question it's always kind of like well the, the challenge is to like keep going right yeah like, again it's not a challenge because we know that we'll exactly yeah exactly so it's, just, and also, it's just that kind of like that's what's next exactly right? and also like you know the challenge is like you know as cheesy may sound it's sort of like you know for your next piece of work to be better than the previous one but the thing exactly. is like this is what we're aiming like regardless and you know if it doesn't happen in the first time it's fine it's going to happen the next time so you know you just keep going it's organic yeah it's just part of it exactly. and i think the word that always comes to everyone's mind as well is also kind of that relevancy and like mm. the longevity right but i think 
the more people and i like this i think it's positive when people try to not concern all their focus on that like because mm. i think the more the more you worry about being oh yeah yeah it's, it's, it's the rule yeah yeah, yeah. it's the rules exactly. the rules of fashion yeah the main rule exactly. of fashion like, we'll never talk about worry. fashion exactly. <laughs> it's that. the first rule right and i think it's so interesting because everyone always comes like that's the first word it's like oh like everything changes so fast mm. to stay relevant and then everyone's like but actually like yeah i know that if i do me yeah exactly there's some sort because of, I think that's been so wonderful about social media mm. and that leads to my next question. That's kind of like now there's room for everyone and mm-hmm. there's room for everyone to develop a platform, right? Exactly. I think again when we look back at like quote unquote back in the day, mm. it's interesting because we're like we're talking about these people who really are the gatekeepers. The gatekeepers yeah. Only show you what they think is worth mm-hmm. showing, right? And for you to gain some sort of success or some sort of again relevancy. You, you can only... You Fit only their model, yeah. Exactly. Versus now, again, it's just a matter of like scrolling down TikTok and like looking at all these people doing amazing things, right? And whether it's like, again, models, whether it's mm. people trying on looks, whether it's people making things. Yes. Same thing happens on Instagram, right? And it, again, there's room to discover all varieties of people. And I think exactly. that's kind of what allows our generation really to say like, well, I just have to do me. Yes. You know, like, yes. And that authenticity is really exactly. what, like, what's key to like... And this is what's relevant, oh, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's, the that's the authenticity. At the moment, what's relevant is the authenticity. So sort of like if you're doing it right, you, you know, you're fine. You're good. You're good, fam. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that leads to my next and last question. Mm-hmm. That is really... We've been, we've been talking about media a lot, mm-hmm. right? In terms of um, writing, in terms of modeling, in terms of everything, imagery. And you have so much knowledge of media. You have so much experience in it in different ways. And Thank I think you. that's really wonderful. And I would love to kind of hear your thoughts on the role of social media mm. today. Right? <gasps> yes. Because I think it's, it's media when we're growing up was one thing. Mm. And we, we have grown through the changes of it. Yes, right? yes, we, yes. We grew, we, we grew up learning about fashion and literally everything or even all general sort of like social media remember like back in the days exactly. like nasia is at this restaurant in this location do you remember exactly. <laughs> you would like check proto in. social media like the proto phase <laughs> exactly like you would check in at the restaurant and see like who yes. yes and now like you don't check in like if anything you post a story right or like you share a photo you share an image some people are more cryptic some people yes. are more direct i think it's really interesting to see that everything has changed right like not only the way we interact with other things but also with each other what we share what Mm -hmm. we don't share now there's like kind of like code for everything exactly um and i would love to hear your thoughts on like the role of social media in like in today whether it's personality whether it's within fashion media whether it's with Mm -hmm. professionally like What's what social media for you? Yes. So like, well, I, for a start, like, I found it amazing. Like, you know, when people are like, oh, yeah, it's really bad, whatever. I'm like, no. Like, you know, it's bad if you use it in a bad way. Like, I feel mm-hmm. that it's an amazing tool. Um, and sort of like um, my perspective of social media sort of like was changed when I started working for Vogue Global Network because through social media, we had to say a story. Like, you know, for me, it was like yeah. my way of like telling stories was through an article and the way which I was understanding stories as well. It was like, oh, I'm reading this article. Like, you know, this is how I understand um, a story. Exactly. But it was really interesting to see how you use social media to tell um, a story. Um, it's much more visual. It's much more concise. And to me, yeah. it's not a bad thing because, you know, if it means that if I have to communicate to you something concise something that has to be concise, that means that I know sort of like what I'm communicating quite well in order to sort of like just give you the main points. So I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, It's just a tool really. And it's very interesting how people are using it. And um, in terms of um, uh, Instagram, yeah, it has, well, sort of like it start. well, it has lost a bit, you know, the... um, it's not good for us as sort of like the creatives because you know obviously like i was reading something about instagram that what they want to do is they want to create their main competitor now is amazon essentially it was like what and essentially um instagram's main competitor is amazon in a way that they want to become a marketplace which is sort of like more sophisticated and um essentially because all the creative crowd is um on instagram so sort of like you see all the nice clothes yeah. and all 
or, and you go for this reason as well. You go to Instagram for inspiration. So it's just mm-hmm. easier to buy something sort of like um, off Instagram rather than buy it off Amazon because Amazon, you're just going for sort of like a customer service for something which is like yeah. easy, whatever. However, what, whatever the ethics are, we're all a bit guilty. We've ordered something from Amazon, sadly. Yeah, but yeah, um, but um, but yeah, so like I'm saying that the main competitors um, uh, is Amazon for Instagram. I still like Instagram, uh, but I find TikTok fascinating. Uh, like the algorithm is great. Um, uh, and I love the fact that you have access to so much information and also... It's quite bizarre. I was um, I wrote an article for Love magazine on how fashion brands are doing TikTok, and this was back in 2019, which, which no one really understood what TikTok was. And you know, they remember those rumors like China wants to control us, and you know, these yeah. things like okay, yeah, as if Facebook is better. Um, <laughs> and um, uh, so, sort of like what I was reading is uh, that uh, the the millennials. Um, attention span is 12 seconds and the Gen Z's uh, attention span is six seconds. This is nothing. Insane. Yeah, it's, it's one, two, three, four, five, six. That's it. Yeah, done. And done. And um, so like, I think this is true with TikTok because I remember like in the beginning when I was using it, I was like so overwhelmed. I was like, why all those pictures mm-hmm. are moving? You know, when you get someone's profile, it's like, I don't know where my eyes should go. And now, you know, it's funny because, you know, when you're on TikTok and then you go back on Instagram, Instagram feels so slow. I was like, ref- refresh buttons, like, oh my God, it's taking ages. Um, but so like, no, I find tiktok very very interesting and you know again for the reason that you know you go to the bar with like all the cottage girl girls all the boys mm-hmm. you know all the sort of like uh, subcultures so it's interesting how we're using social media as a tool and that's sort of like i was um i was um sort of like watching through zoom an interview uh with a um, studio 54 um co-founder saying mm-hmm. that it doesn't matter as sort of like if it's social media or if it's like the dance floor or whatever it is, people want to socialize. So we're just trying to find yeah. new ways. Um, is it going to be the dance floor? Is it going to be sort of like a TikTok um, uh, sort of like sphere? Is it going to be sort of like Instagram? Is it going to be a WhatsApp group? Like people want to socialize and it's a tool. This is what it is. You can use it to create something amazing or yeah. you can use it to sort of like sort of like be abusive or be a troll and you know like everything exactly i think i absolutely love what you just said because it's so interesting and i also find tiktok Mm. incredibly fascinating yes for me like social media started like really like like anyone else Mm -hmm. i would go into my instagram Mm -hmm. post my cute little photos and go Mm. right that was it yeah and then over time i started using it as 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 what i see it now it's a tool yes it's my tool to meet people it's my tool to interact Mm -hmm. with people to learn about different things to share information that's really the main thing i do and make friends as well like you know let's be honest how many friends exactly. do we have that you know we haven't seen yet and we're yeah exactly i mean you and i for example yes like, exactly we friends and exactly. now it's really just we've never met yeah person. and now we're talking for an hour like you know about our lives exactly. and it's like and what i find that really people and even the person who introduced us like troy i have never met yeah person there either, you go example, exactly right? And it's, we only met through Instagram, et cetera. It's really interesting for me that now we all use it as this sort of tool in different ways, whether it's a marketing tool, a sharing Mm. tool, Mm. whether it's just like a personal sort of exploration tool, et cetera. And for me, TikTok is the epitome of that. Oh, yes. At least right now, right? Yes. And what I find the most interesting really about TikTok is relates to what you just said about kind of like people want to socialize. And I think it also goes into like people want to be seen in a sort Mm. of way, right? And not seen in the straightforward kind of like, I want you to look at me, but seen in the sort of like, maybe understood or maybe like find community, Mm -hmm. right? Exactly. And I think things like TikTok, for example, the the fact that there's like fashion TikTok, Mm. there's, uh, I don't know. High fashion TikTok. TikTok, High fashion TikTok. There's like, I don't know, like witch TikTok. Like there's all of these different kinds of TikToks, right? Mm -hmm. Like little subcultures that people want to be a part of and Mm -hmm. people want to look at and whether it's information whether it's a dance whether it's um cooking whether it's a joke yes people just want to be in that and people want community and want 
want participation, want to socialize in the thing. Exactly. And also another thing about sort of like social media, like I feel that, you know, in the beginning, it was all about sort of like me. Like I go mm-hmm. sort of like and watch this movie. I go to this club. Like I go to this restaurant. You know, what, what I said earlier about, oh, Nasia is doing this there. Yes. Sort of like on Facebook. Um, and sort of like the same with sort of like Instagram. And I think sort of like now the rules of engagement have changed because now it's about... Um, what I'm learning from you, like mm-hmm. what sort of like piece of information you're giving to me, and it's interesting how this has changed. Whereas the beginning it was all about sort of like sort of like the person, and sort of like now we're not interested in that anymore. We're actually interested in like, oh, what do you have to say? Like you must have said something interesting to say. That's why I'm going exactly. to follow you. That's and really, it. social media is a microphone now, right? It's mm-hmm. like you get your little platform, and I think this is a really good note for for this for this kind of like to close because I think the most interesting thing is really just that like now you get your sort of platform now you get like again it's about what you want to say and it Mm -hmm. goes to what you were saying earlier like you just you said that when you write when you model you want to add to the conversation and social media for me now is a tool to do that and I think the people that use social media maybe the most successfully again using that word in a sort of like loose loose way um do it when they add something to the conversation right whether it's beautiful imagery whether it's like an interesting look whether it's sharing a lot of information whether it's sharing resources Mm -hmm. right social justice any and anything right anything that adds to the conversation what people are attracted to and want to participate exactly and i absolutely love that (gasps) there you go life is good (laughs) 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 i mean this was an amazing conversation. No, thank you so, so, so I'm much. So and, you know, yeah, it's, it's weird because, you know, it's like when you said it, I was like, oh, my God. Yes, yeah, like, you know, we were talking about our lives and we don't know each other. And, you know, you're in New York. I'm in exactly. London. You're from Bolivia. I'm from Athens. And it's like... And now we're here. Like, that's just kind of like... The it's amazing. It's amazing. Thank it's you so, really so, so, so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> Super grateful for you and your time. But, yeah. <laughs> Tell everyone where they can find you on social media. Oh, so it's at Nasia underscore. That's it. Easy. Love. Yes. Easy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, dolls, make sure to follow us on Instagram. Make sure you interact with us. Um, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Make sure to check the other ones out. And again, Nasia, thank you so much for being yeah. here. Thank you thank so much you. for your time. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye, everyone. <laughs>